You're listening to Bizarre Buffet, a podcast of all-you-can-eat weird. I'm your host, Mark Toriello. I'm Jen Wilson. And I'm Mark Blustein. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all in private. When we first went in, one of the people said, Who are you? And text said, I'm the devil, and I'm here to do the devil's business. Hey, everybody. Happy 100th episode of Bizarre Buffet. Hi, can you believe it? 100. 100. Three numbers. How horny. I'm so jazzed. I know. Did you ever think we would make it? (laughs) I mean, honestly, I felt it was a toss-up, really. Who knows? We came a long way since our very first episode. Oh, yeah. I know. My favorite cult. My favorite cult. My favorite cult. Uh Uh-huh. Like... I on think, our phones, mm-hmm. on our cell phones, mm-hmm. cell phones, and it was like, it was such a bizarre time. It and was. I think that we are truly like the offspring of COVID. Yeah. Bizarre buffet. We are COVID offspring. COVID yeah. royalty. Because you know what? I think a lot of people started doing podcasts in the middle of the pandemic to be like, yeah. I'm bored. Let's do something fun. Yeah. And like how many people can actually say that they're still going with their podcasts? Next? I don't think many of them can. No. I know. And I think for us, we weren't, we were bored, but also we were like, we want to change our lives. Yeah. yeah. We were looking for yeah. something different. Like, you know, Jen has been involved in entertainment in like one capacity or another for a very long time. You know, like Mark and I enjoy it. We're people who are creative types, you know, so all three of us, it made sense. So I feel like the longevity, like it made sense for the three of us who all have an appreciation for like, you know, artful things. Okay. Let me just ask. Yeah. What's everyone's favorite episode? One of my most memorable ones of us recording <laughs> was the vending machine dress. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Insert episode yeah. artwork for YouTube. Yes. Yeah. That was a really fun one. Like, I think all three of us, like, peed ourselves just a little bit. We yeah. were, like, actually crying actual During tears that. Yeah. recording yeah. that. We have some really good unseen footage. Yeah, on Patreon. On we Patreon. Do. <laughs> Absolutely. I think for me, and it's not because it's my episode, but because I think it was the first time that I implemented, like, being like, here, Jen, you read this from, like, my episode was Butcher Brown. <laughs> oh, my yeah. yeah, because for me, that was fucking hysterical having Jen read because Jen Jen is theater actor like she's been doing this for a very long fucking time it's not her first time at the rodeo so I was like here Jen you will do this the justice that it needs and like and so the segments of Jen reading like the essentially like reviews for this fucked up surgeon made me laugh so much Mm -hmm. so I loved that a lot so that was a fun recording moment for me the vending machine one that's the one I always go back to like literal tears were shed oh yeah from laughing so hard yeah what's a fun recording moment for you Mark I think one of my favorite recording moments was when we did the arsenic dresses oh that was because it's very technical too well that we have the the green filter that gives everyone a headache yeah it gave me a headache yeah also Jen when you were like look at my gloves look at my gloves you paw all of our moments our favorite moments recording relate to Jen yeah Yeah. you were 
your beloved. Arsenic uh, dress was uh, a lot of fun. But I, you know, I feel like every single episode that we've done is truly a masterpiece. Oh, yeah. it is. And Abs- we really cover like a wide Absolutely. variety. And, and I always stars. get like nothing but positive reviews back from people who actually listen to our episodes. I yeah. know. And it's so nice. Like I remember one of our early episodes of A Lesson in BDSM with Mr. Dark. That was an yes. episode that we really were not we're not certain of. Yeah. And then we won't name the person, obviously, but someone had reached out and they were like, oh, my God, like this really made me feel comfortable sharing yeah. this aspect of and my life. In that episode, it was like, I think our second or third episode, and we had a guest star who was like a BDSM mm-hmm. educator in yeah. Mas- yeah. master. The first arts. BDSM educational center. Yeah. Mr. Dark. And in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. Las Vegas, yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't think we would get the response that we did from that Yeah, we so got early. some Definitely. really positive feedback yeah. just early from that. Yeah. If so. you guys like our interviews, let us know because we're, we're planning on getting more interviews yeah. for you. I just can't believe that it's our 100th episode and you're yeah. the one... I know. That's doing the episode. You never well, do an episode. Yeah. I know. It's really a rare occurrence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just felt like I have this story. There are, you know, there are certain topics that stick out to me. And I'm like, I don't know. Okay. I guess I'll share this. All right. Since I do them so infrequently. So let's do it. Yeah. We're going to start with a question. Of course. And my question tonight is what's something that you lost and never recovered? My virginity? Yeah. Okay. I don't... (laughs) (laughs) My sanity? Yeah. Same. Absolutely. I would have to second that, my sanity. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I I agree. I would agree with that as well. But I did have this ring that I used to wear, like, on my thumb when I was, like, in high school. And it had elephants with, like, hearts, like, their trunks were touching, and they had, like, hearts in the middle. And I'm pretty sure I lost it in the ocean. Not when I got rescued by lifeguards, a completely different time. The sexy lifeguard experience. Yeah, that horrible, like, sexy lifeguard experience. (laughs) It was a different time. Mm -hmm. But I never got got it back. I never found it. And I was really bummed because I really liked that piece of jewelry. What about you? Did you lose anything? Did I lose anything that I never recovered? Um... A normal family life. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you heard it here. At yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Keeping it relatable 100% of the time. And if you have family trauma, let, let us, us know. know let us know. Don't emotionally dump on no, Yeah, like our last episode said. You <laughs> don't, know? don't do that. I was just sharing a story, but yeah. I wasn't. it wasn't an invitation to dump on all of us. No. We have our own shit. We do. But also, you know, be cute about it if you want to. Approach us, like, you know, in a cute, nice way. Yeah. All right. So should I bring you all where I want to go? Yeah. Where are we going tonight? All right. So tonight I'm bringing you all to the village of Fingringho. <laughs> Fingringho? Fingringho. Yeah. Fingringho. Literally F-I-N-G-R-I-N-G-H-O-E. Okay. Yeah, Fingringho. Where's Fingringho? It's located in Essex in England. 
Okay. Yeah, and it's where the actress Ada Constant Kent lives in, in the 30s, though the 1930s. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we're going to the 1930s. We're going to the 1930s in England. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. We're going to England. We're going to England in the 30s. We are. Yeah. Oh, you don't say. I'm right on us. Stick. Yes. <laughs> I got a cigarette <laughs> on a stick. So this story is about Ada. All right. Ada. You ready? Ada. Ada. A-D-A. Okay. Ada. Have, you, have you guys heard of her? Nope. No. Ada Kent, you Hi. said? Yeah. K-E-N-T. No, I never have. All right. Well, let's start. So Ada Constant Kent was an actress who was born in England around 1880. Her actual birth year is kind of like, nah, nobody knows for sure. This is not official. Mm-hmm. 1880-ish. She spent most of her time working in the theater of London's West End. Ada also briefly transitioned into film around the 1930s. So by the 30s, she was like, Ugh, I'm tired of doing theater. So now she's getting into film. But... This is Bizarre Buffet, after all, and I'm really not interested in describing silent films to everyone. So We can just act one out ourselves if we yeah, really want We really to. could. So, like, regardless, Ada became way more famous for something that had nothing to do with her acting. Oh. And we're about to get into that story. Okay. I hope it's salacious. Oh, it is. Is yeah. Charlie Chaplin involved? My God, he might be with his little Hitler mustache. <laughs> can I say Hitler mustache? You, sure can. you know, why I not? Actually, I actually was like this year, years old, when I learned that Charlie Chaplin was actually British. Really? Oh. He's actually English. Yeah. I don't know that. And I, I he was grave robbed too. I was about he to was say. Grave yeah. After Ada gave her film career a go during the 1930s and failing to land any major roles, she was over it. I would be too. Yeah, absolutely. By that point in time, you were born in the 1880s. Then like by the 1930s, like if this isn't fucking happening, I'm done. We went from hoop skirts to pencil skirts. Exactly. There were fashion changes. We were starting to show off our legs a little too. Yeah, absolutely. A little ankle action, a little leg action. Ooh, girl about town. She announced that she was retiring by the 30s. She was like, you know what? I'm done. How old was she then? 50. Probably, yeah, she was probably in her 50s. Oh. Yeah. It's at this point in time that Ada decided to move to the small village with the terrible name Fingringho that we just discussed. So now Ada was a bit reclusive. She kept to herself. She didn't really socialize with anyone in the village at all. She was rarely seen in that nasty little fingering hole village. Like nobody ever really <laughs> saw. <laughs> I just can't fingering hole village. No, I thought you said fingering hole. I think I did, but it's okay, it's okay yeah. because it's bizarre buffet. So because of Ada's past as an actor combined with her elusive nature, it just made everyone in the village so much more infatuated with her because they were like oh god so she's an actor but she doesn't want to talk to anybody she was a very I don't know mysterious mysterious person mysterious young woman she was intriguing yeah exactly but despite all of like you know the intrigue with her it wasn't until Ada inexplicably disappeared from the face of the earth that her nosy ass neighbors became truly interested in her because one day she just up and vanished. From the village? Yes. Okay. We're going to fast forward to late March of 1939. 1939. My favorite fucking year. Mine too. Oh, God. I was doing so many horny things. Ada was living her reclusive lifestyle fantasy. All was well. 
That is until a handyman showed up at Ada's house. He banged on the door and then nothing. No one answered. Ooh. Oh, maybe she's dead. Oh, maybe. A guard. (laughs) Well, we're going to have to wait and find out. Jen's always trying to crack the case, which on a hundred fucking episodes, she's always cracking these cases. I'm sorry. (laughs) So a gardener named Ruben G. Winkle. What a great name. Fingringho and Ruben G. Winkle. Are these these people sound like, I don't know, Scooby-Doo characters or something? Or like some like weird Grimm's fairy tale. Mm-hmm. Like, isn't there a Rip Van Winkle? Yes, there is. Yes, exactly. It sounds very ridiculous. But let's call him Reuben. Reuben claimed to have spotted her bedroom light on the previous night. So initially, no one was really concerned because they were like, this crazy recluse, she's like in her house. Like, it's fine. Her light is on, you know. Yeah. Ada was also known for wandering off for long periods of time time so everyone was pretty much like oh well that's ada how long are we talking like yeah. days at a time like probably like weeks oh yeah so like a few weeks at a time she oh. would just like up and vanish and like no one would mm. see her so it wasn't so like out of the ordinary interesting but we're gonna go like about three months later from that point where they were like oh, okay she's not here But, like, we don't know really where she is. So, three months later, a friend of Ada's went to visit her in the old village of Fingringho. Still no Ada. She wasn't there. It's at this point that Ada Constance is finally declared as a missing person. So, it took all of this fucking time just to be like, this bitch is missing. She ain't here. Fucking Ada Kent. (laughs) Ada Kent. What are you doing with yourself? (laughs) What is she doing? Two constables had gone to Ada's home. Constables. Yes, which is... What's a constable? police officer. Uh, Yeah, so, because we're we're in ye old England. We're in ye old England. Yeah. The Bobbies, as they call them. Yeah, the Bobbies, yeah. So, two cops, essentially, went to Ada's home to investigate, and they found that the door had been left unlocked... A dinner tray with a fully prepared meal was on the kitchen table, and an open copy of Romeo and Juliet was on an armchair. So it seemed. Was the fire going? Was the fire gone? All they need to add is fire to this story, right? Was there a fireplace going? Was there a (laughs) fire? It sounds like there would have been, right? But aside from all this, like they noted that her coat was also still on the coat rack. So whatever was happening, like it seemed like she left in a hurry because there wasn't anything that looked like that was fucked up or like somebody broke in or kidnapped her. Like it all just seemed very normal. Right. Like, oh, like you're having dinner and then you decide to go outside for some reason, you know. At this point in time, I want to take you guys about three years forward. From all right, them going in. Okay, so we're like in nineteen like forty two. Yeah, around about. No one has seen or heard from Ada still. Nothing. It's been three years. Yeah, a a concerned three whole years. Three fucking years. So three years later, another concerned friend by the name of George Wicknell. He was like, you know what? I'm going to go to her cottage. I want to check it out. I want to take a look for myself see what's going on, see if you can find a trace of her. Yet again, nothing was found. Nothing at all. And that's three years later. Now, I'm going to bring you all a little bit further, okay? This is nine years. Nine years later? Nine years later. We're here 
it's nine years later. Everything pretty much stayed quiet for nine long fucking years regarding the case of Ada Constance. Still no leads, nothing. Until Ada's bank manager noticed something unusual. So the place where she was banking, there was an unusual thing going on. Is there a weird transaction? Yes. So here's the deal. Since Ada was considered missing and not dead, all of her accounts remained open. So for nearly a decade, not one single transaction had taken place on her account. But that is, of course, until September of 1948. So almost like a decade later, Mm -hmm. there are now transactions on her account. Is it a lot of transactions? Well, it is said that someone made several large deposits into her accounts. Now, obviously, the bank manager immediately contacted the local police. And for a very brief period of time, the investigation into Ada's disappearance was then reopened Mm. because of these random bank transactions 10 years later. So with the latest development of the random bank account deposits that appeared in her account, detectives decided to search Ada's house once again all this time later because it's fucking weird and they're like well maybe she showed up out of nowhere maybe she's hiding in a wall somewhere exactly well yeah exactly <laughs> daniel the plant let's go back oh, to that right unlike the times before when her house was empty slash nothing seemed to have been out of place or out of the ordinary her house wasn't empty this time was she in it well we're about to find out Oh, sitting in a wooden chair in one of the front rooms of the house was a fully dressed skeleton. Cool. (laughs) Nice. And lying next to it was an empty bottle, quite simply labeled poison. Did she poison herself? And but remember, though, this is like almost 10 years later. So did she put that there to like fake a death? No body, no skeleton was there all the previous times. Hmm. There wasn't a skeleton. There wasn't anything there. There were multiple friends who went to the house. There were people who checked. There were people who rang the doorbell. Like, nothing was in the house until... I I guess the skeleton didn't answer the door. Yeah. (laughs) No. Imagine. I know. Imagine. Hello. Hello. At this point in time, you know, everyone was totally horrified because they were like, what the fuck? We've searched this damn place a million times. What's going on here? This sounds very staged. Yeah. Well, that's part... She was an actress. Yeah. Yep. And like a bottle that literally says poison on it it's, yeah but i mean it was a thing it was you said that the skeleton was dressed yes what oh was she God. wearing was it <laughs> was like something from the cover girl Gala? put the base in yeah. your skeleton yeah. no i really don't know i didn't get the fashion details from anything this story is also there's very little about it out yeah. there so you're kind of like you yeah. know, you're, yeah. you're you're going with what little information you're yeah. given. Oh, I love that. You know, let's talk about the investigation into the skeleton. This okay. a ske- this skeleton that appeared miraculously. Yeah. Yeah. Coroners from Scotland Yard conducted a thorough examination of the remains, and in a truly bizarre buffet twist, they noted that the skeleton was larger than Ada. 
okay. number one. Ada was a very small woman, and this random skeleton was also noted as more closely resembling a man, a male skeleton. So did she go to some store and just dress up a skeleton and put it in a chair? Well, it gets more weird. Maybe kind of how people do that at Halloween now. Like you just <laughs> Maybe decorate that was... a skeleton on your front lawn. Well, and some people now change it based on like the season. <laughs> Or maybe Ada was Adam. I mean, I mean, maybe, but Ada could I mean, have been an Adam. Trans people have always existed. Yeah, yeah. This is very, this is very true. I, I mean, that's a that's community. that's a good point. Yeah. Who knows, really? So at this point, they couldn't conclusively say whether this skeleton was actually Ada or not. However. They did manage to get some hair samples from the random skeleton that appeared in her house. And apparently the hair was said to have matched Ada's, but like this is also controversial because think about the time period and also hair identification has been kind of like deemed as junk science. It is. It's, I think. Yeah. But they didn't have like um They didn't have any DNA. No. I mean, they didn't have like no, forensic. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's the word. Forensic. Yeah. So like that's kind of like, you know, whatever. Do with that what you will. Mm-hmm. But many people at the time seemed to be not so sure of this alleged hair match, to mm. say the least. A number of investigators seem to have the same horrifying theory. That theory being that the skeleton wasn't Ada, but if it wasn't Ada, then who would it have been? Charlie Chaplin. I mean, it could have been, maybe. A cause of death could never be determined with Ada, nor were the experts able to determine if this skeleton had died inside of the house or outside of it. So they weren't able to gather like what they would use today essentially like did the person die in the home did they not blah 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 but yeah, also the the poison bottle yeah like I, if someone was poisoned i don't know if you'd be able to tell just by a skeleton uh-huh. right probably not. but that's the thing that yeah that's something that i had read that they mentioned was that like there was no way of telling they wouldn't have been able to do any tests yeah to tell if that poison bottle was actually consumed by the yeah. by what, the said skeleton d- is there anything out there about what the skeleton was wearing was it um, wearing her clothing was it wearing it, i i've read somewhere that it was said to have been wearing female clothing okay so it's just like a generic so a yeah. male skeleton in female clothing okay. yeah yeah 10 that years later smaller. that resembled ada's hair yeah mm. absolutely so i mean that's the story of ada constance the reclusive actor skeleton they never found her? No, they never, they never. Maybe she just needed a change a, of pace in life and just wanted a dramatic exit. And that was her dramatic yeah. exit. Well, and you know what? And we can get into some theories about that. You know, I mean, some of the theories, like it, it's all theories based off of people like us. Right. Yeah. You know, it's nothing the that is. Sub- yeah, exactly. Those are the best theories. I, I agree. So, you know, some people said that maybe someone in the village knew that her home was empty someone who had committed a murder in that the village would make sense to like somebody wants to fuck with people yeah and goes in and puts a skeleton in there yeah and they were like essentially being like they knew that 
like let's say that like i don't know i was a murderer and i knew that ada constance's house in the 1930s was empty for all this time and that like police activity had died down so somebody was like nobody's fucking going in there i'm gonna put a skeleton in there like somebody that i killed or whatever mm-hmm. i mean i don't know i feel like that can be kind of like eh. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's a little far-fetched. I think it's just a weird fucking story. It is, but it's really cool. Thank you. That was a good one. Thank you. I wanted to bring you all that uh, story. Well, I I have my own theory. Tell them. Tell me. Tell us. I love theories. Yes. I believe that she is behind all of this. I do, too. I think yeah. she's behind it. Yeah. And it's because there was money going into. Yes, it wasn't being removed. Out, it was going into. Large deposits. Also, you know, she she had access to the house because it was her house. Yeah. And she was, she seemed kind of like a recluse, not a recluse, but. Yeah, they called her that. She was like hippie dippy, you know, and she had a career in entertainment with acting and theater, and then she tried film and it didn't really work out. I feel like she has this tendency of trying something and leaving it behind. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a good call out. So I think that with this, you know, she was trying the simple, a simple life in a village. Yeah. And that wasn't really her cup of tea. So yeah. she just like up and left and that's well, a, that's a good, that's a yeah, good it is. But there is another one. So there was a pub across, literally across the street from her home or cottage. Pub mm-hmm. Fring Ring Ho? Yeah. In the, in the Fing Ring Ho. So there was a pub in Fing Ring Ho. And it was called like whalebone or something. And of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> and I love a whalebone. Oh, I know you do. It's so horny for and a whalebone. I, don't quote me on this, everybody. I'm not claiming it to be like a hundred percent. It was either six weeks or six months. So six weeks or six months before Ada disappeared. A local resident, there is a name on file for them. I don't remember it at the moment, but there is a name of one of her neighbors who said that they saw her in the pub about six weeks or six months. Oh, yeah. Her name is Mrs. Ada's neighbor. Yeah, exactly. Mrs. Ada's neighbor. That's right. I think that's actually their name. Thank you. I think that's actually on file. And they were like, she looked very, very sick. And the person basically gave a story of being like, I saw Ada speaking to the pub owner and she was like excessively coughing and seemed ill. Hmm. But but so I didn't include that in the full thing because I wanted it to be our conversational it's, aspect. It's so interesting with these types of unsolved mysteries because like if you like think back to like your Judy Smith episode. Uh, we love her. Remember like there was one there was one theory like somebody said they saw her like in a hotel and she was speaking in tongues. Yes. Like it's yeah. very interesting about how <laughs> yes. like, People have different recollections of, like, the same person. Yeah. Yeah. And they're all completely different. Yeah. And then some of these stories are, like, somebody who looked like that person and wasn't. And, like, you don't really know, which is what a great unsolved mystery, in my mind, is about. I agree with that. You know? It sounds like this woman potentially could have had a mental breakdown. Yeah. Of sorts, but... 
hilarious yeah. Yeah. that if she brought a skeleton. I mean, all the ten years poison. later, because With a bottle of poison. Yeah, yeah, because remember, like once again, that house was checked multiple times. Like people knocked on the door, but people also went in. So just in case it wasn't entirely mm. clear in the story, like multiple people had gone in and checked her apartment, a cottage, house, yeah. whatever you want to call it. So it was checked mm-hmm. multiple times. And then 10 years later, the skeleton in a dress, who may be a man, shows up. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the story. I hope you guys enjoyed I it. I really enjoyed it. That was really good. I hope you enjoyed our Love 100th it. episode. And, um, you know, if you want to uh, continue to support us to get to 200 episodes, you can go on Patreon.com slash Bizarre Buffet. You can follow us on Instagram at Bizarre Buffet, our website, BizarreBuffet.com. Facebook. Facebook. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And if you listen to us, you can actually watch our podcast. Yes, you can. On YouTube. For those of you. see our faces. Hi. And And if you watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us on any podcast. Absolutely. Form. Apple, Spotify, please yeah. leave a review for us on a Apple Podcasts. Positive, Podcast. not a negative. Yeah. Positive, not a negative. That's old yeah. school Bizarre I Buffet know, right there. I a positive, know. not a negative. And, if you, if and you, five stars, and please. And five, five stars, stars, please, yes. And it's okay if you can't financially support us on Patreon. Yeah, it is. Hard times. Comments, your reviews, yeah. Help us a lot. That Subscribing does. does a lot for us. So it, do yeah. that, please. And word of mouth. Tell your friends, tell your mother and grandmother and sister and brother or your chosen family if you don't like your real mm-hmm. blood family. Or tell anybody. Pet, or your pet rock. Or your pet yeah. rock. Tell them. Do they have a fucking iPhone or an Android? Tell them to subscribe on Absolutely. their phone. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I guess with that being said. I am the random skeleton found in Ada Constance's house. Oh. And I am the town of Fingringham. <laughs> and I'm Ada Constance because I want people to talk about me. Oh, fucking oh beautiful. Yes, wow. Keep talking about me.